What's up, Georgia football fans? You're listening to episode 367 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. My name is Scott Duvall, and on this post-game episode of the Georgia-Missouri game, my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, share their perspectives on the Dogs' 30-21 to victory in Sanford Stadium on Saturday. So before we begin, we'd like to thank our podcast sponsor, The Strickland Firm. Uh, Ryan Strickland is a UGA law grad and represents those who are injured. So if you get hurt and need to speak to an attorney, please reach out to the Strickland firm. That's 844-GA-JUSTICE, 844-GA-JUSTICE, or thestricklandfirm.com. And here's Will to get the podcast started. Hello, this is Waiting Since Last Saturday, episode... I forgot the number episode again. Scott gets mad at me every time I do this. I need to have this at the top of my head. I just don't. Uh, I am Will H. here, as always, with Tony Waller. Post game of Georgia and Missouri. Uh, not a blowout to any stretch of the imagination, but Georgia did get the win. 30-21. Uh, got a little hairy, but I don't think it got hairy because Georgia was necessarily playing terrible. I actually think Missouri is better than I thought they were but not good enough. Uh, Tony, what, 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 what were your takeaways from this one? Yeah, that was my takeaway. I, I, I had a couple of people, um, I went this morning, my friend Brad's in town, we went to Waffle House to grab some breakfast, and he was like, so, because, you know, as we were, if you were not, we're texting, trying to figure out our time to do this. He was like, so what do you think? I was like, Missouri's a good football team. Like, we played a good football team yesterday. Uh, that was not, I don't, I mean, I think there is a conversation Um. I think there's a conversation to be had about some of the things that Missouri was able to do, but I also don't think that is some portend of anything other than uh, the there's Eli Drinkowitz did some very smart things and was able to do them well uh, with his playmakers, particularly Burden and Cooks and Schrader. Um, defensively, I think they did a very good job of taking away uh, the deep pass, and they did it the way Georgia likes to take away deep pass, is they created looks that Carson Beck hasn't seen this season, which um, really put them in a situation where they had uh, some tough decisions to make. And that, that created, that, that just put back in a place where, I mean, look, there's no better way to, uh, there's no way better way to illustrate that than the fact that in order to go for a long pass play, Georgia had engaged in a little trick, right? Uh, they did uh, kind of the double reverse flea flicker thing, which put Georgia in the situation of uh, finally able to get enough time to get some deep, and that resulted in the pass interference on Delp, or that Delp got called, uh, the defense pass interference, I call it, on Delp down, down deep. Delp was the receiver. Um, so overall, I, I think I think Missouri belongs in the conversation as the third best team in the conference. Um, maybe, um, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. I think they're a good football team and we saw it in one last thing before I turn it back over to you, Will, I think one way to think about what we think about this is the way, uh, the national media are talking about this game. No one's talking about Georgia, you know, slept walk through Missouri. No, they're calling it a very, very good football game. Uh, which I think that's, I think that's right. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny. I texted you guys um, at one point uh, when Georgia got that field goal and not the touchdown to have the six point lead. And as Scott kind of pointed out, it's always a little scary when the team is like six point lead is better than a three point lead. 
But when a team is driving like that, uh, like Missouri had been on the possessions before that, it doesn't feel like it. Like it feels like you're in danger of losing uh, right there. And then came that interception. Uh, I thought Cook was really good, but he made one semi mistake and that pretty big mistake. That was, that was, I, I don't really even know quite what he was doing there. Uh, and I think that I, I think it was, I, I went back and watched the, a, a few plays last night. I, I think he was trying to throw the ball in the dirt and his hand got hit. Okay. I, that's what it looked like. Okay. Okay. It was definitely, it didn't work, <laughs> whatever he was trying to do. <laughs> uh, cause, uh, it, uh, uh, that, that interception It's funny. I, it, you know, I've, I've been seeing, I know it's the way people cut together clips and so on for, and the way they talk about games post game. There seems to be that this idea that interception sealed the game. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> like that, that, I think it might have if the penalty hadn't have brought it all the way back. But you know, if uh, Peyton misses that field goal, we're right back where they were. And I think that speaks. To, I don't really look at Georgia's defense and think they were really weak. I think this is not one of the great all-time Georgia defenses. But I thought they played fine. To me, they actually said more about what Georgia, what Missouri's offense was doing. Like I think that, and also if there is a weakness on this Georgia defense. Their secondary got picked on a little bit. Uh, I think Burton getting hurt uh, helped, uh, but I don't think. It, but I, I mean, I think you're going to see. I don't know if George is going to play anyone the rest of the year, at least until a potential playoff that's going to be able to take that much advantage of it. But I think, I think teams, if the the way they're going to try to beat the Georgia offense is the way that Missouri did at times, which was throw to the outside. I think that they actually had some success on that. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And that as actually probably what opened up some of the middle running game for uh, Brady Cook in the second half, uh, because they did start going a little wider splits. Um, If this were if we were facing last year's Tennessee with this defense, I would be be really nervous. I'd be really nervous. Um, And we'll I'll I'll fret about Tennessee when we get closer to Tennessee. But um, the the reality is that that I think that opened it up some because they were they because they were running the splits and we needed to uh, they needed linebackers to cover some of the inside slot guys because they were going so much to Theo Weiss and to Burden on the outside um, that you just you really put them you really put your your defense in a situation where you were you were running essentially you know split halves on the uh, split halves on coverage which opened up the middle a lot. Um, you know, one of the things, though, and you expressed surprise that he had hit Nazir Stackhouse. I mean, I think the odds if you just throw a football at a football field with Leo, uh, with, Leo, with, with with Stackhouse out there, you're likely to hit him. Yeah, um, I, I think I think William and his buddies were playing catch before the game, and I think they bumped a couple off him themselves. So yeah, he's, he yeah, he takes yeah. up some space. He does, but you know, um, and one last thing about uh, Missouri's offense, and I, I want to make a couple of notes about the defense. Um, I think what they were doing early, um. With um with their blocking scheme is they were doing a really good job using Georgia speed to both um get the edge rush guys way outside of lanes, which also provide the opportunity for Cook to have an extra couple of seconds to throw the ball. Um they they um they Georgia adjusted to that a little bit in the second half, and I think that's where you got. I, I know there were people in my section yelling for holds on a, on several plays later in the game. Uh, but that I think that is where where they got that. Um, defensively, I think I think Missouri did a fantastic job of bringing those looks on on back that really got him wanting to get back in that mentality of getting the ball out of his hands fast. And that's fine. I mean, he you know he got hit early a couple of times, took a couple of sacks early. Uh, one sack absolutely was on the offensive line, and I, I I did go back and watch that play. It was just like they he just 
like trust just got beat. I mean, I, I don't know. And I, when I say beat, I mean, beat, I mean, he like utterly whiffed on him. Uh, the rest of the time, it was like, they were doing a very good job of mixing up looks and where they're bringing, uh, where they're bringing uh, people from And Georgia. Uh, Bobo did not adjust to that until later in the game. And I think that when you saw some of that, that was when you saw some, some of the delay mesh runs on the outside, especially in those last couple drives where Georgia needed to eat up clock, they were able to do that. I think they were they were taking advantage of Missouri's uh, over-pursuit there. Uh, and I think that is, like, again, it was a good football game. Missouri is a good football team. And, and I think if they had been wearing – listen, if, if Georgia and Florida had played that game last week, especially after now having Florida lost to Arkansas, I would be really nervous about the next three games. I'm not uh, – next two games. I, it's not that I'm not nervous, but I'd be like, oh boy, we are, we are not, we are not where we thought we are. Having watched the Missouri team, uh, a couple of times, uh, and also watched them yesterday, I just think they're a good football team. Now, does that mean Georgia's going to go and beat Mississippi or Tennessee? No, but I don't think the takeaway from the game, at least from my perspective, is Georgia is, um, Georgia, you know, messed around for it, this was not the Auburn game to me. Yeah. This was not the Auburn game. This was this was Georgia playing, uh, maybe not at top level, but at a good level. In Missouri, playing at a good level, and two good football teams met. And frankly, the one that should have won won. Right? It, it probably yeah. probably well closer. My Bill Conley's numbers say that. I mean, they it projects out to about a four point win, sixty five percent win expectancy. But is there anything about what you saw yesterday makes you think that? Georgia, you know, it was more than a 65% chance to win that game. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And I, I would say Georgia won for the reason that I think we kind of thought they would win, which was frankly, um, they are deeper. <laughs> like they are deeper. And like eventually they kind of wore the net. Like it feels like Missouri can, pl- both teams can play pretty well, but not great for a half. And it'll be tight. Uh, but eventually yeah. Georgia is going to wear them down. I think that's what we saw in the second half. I think, I think they wore them down and that's what made all the difference. And so the, you know, this is, uh, you know, that, you know, we've talked about certain, we, we can talk about this in the pregame show this week, though you're going to be going remotely this week. So it won't feel quite the, quite the same, but I do feel like, uh, when we talk about like vibes and the, and how it feels with certain teams and how, how certain teams feel different than others, this feels like the. Um, these, this felt like an attrition win. This felt like you do this long enough and you're farther along in the process and you recruit the way you have, you play good enough. You don't play bad. The other team does not play bad, but you're just a little bit better everywhere and in enough places that you pull out the win and you, and when that big play happens, like Missouri has to be perfect to win that game. And when they weren't perfect, Georgia took advantage, but it didn't mean that some teams, if they're not perfect against Georgia, get drilled. Missouri is good enough, and Georgia is not as great as I think we've seen to where, like, Georgia plays good enough and doesn't make the big mistakes, and they win, and that's what happened. Yeah, I think that's 100% right. And, you know, one last, one last thing about that is that um, the, the, the good news is, and I think, I think the good takeaway is that I think the team learned a lot about itself. Um, yeah, I think, it's, I think it's safe to say that the Auburn game was a little bit of a smack in the face, but this was a game. It will be surprising to me if you don't see Kirby say something along the lines. We learned a lot about ourselves this week uh, because the I was proud with the way they stepped up. And yeah, if you're going to throw the ball right into Nazir Stackhouse's belly, you're you're probably 
you're probably that's a game changing thing. That doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? That happens because somebody hits his arm, and also he got flushed back into the pocket when it looked like he was going to get outside, and there was good coverage deep. And the way they baited him into throwing that interception at the end of the game was just gorgeous. Will um, I, when I when I was watching the play, I was like, did we did we really just tr- almost trick? Brady, Brady Cook in the throwing interception, and on TV, it looks even more so. I mean, they absolutely flushed him out. They absolutely had the spy run in the back. They absolutely put him in a situation where it looked like he was trying to throw the ball away, and then Bullard just like he just he's a, he just shadowed the ball to the <laughs> to the sideline. I mean, that was that was a really impressive about a four. I mean, if you if you start at the eight minute mark, Georgia gets the ball back, drives down the field, takes five minutes off the clock. Uh, and, and scores points and then turn around and, you know, has the big defensive stand and then also creates an interception. They just they took control of the game late, a lot later. I would have liked, but they still t- took control of the game against a very good team. All right. Uh, before we get into the the the, the stadium and all this other other, other happens, uh, we got to shout out our sponsor. Of course, uh, we're not monsters. We love our sponsors. They're very handsome people. Uh, let's talk about our, our handsome sponsors. Yeah, we appreciate Ryan Strickland, Strickland Law Firm, um, for their season-long sponsorship of the Wait and Just Last Last Saturday podcast. Well, because I am uh, I am able to to multitask, I can can confirm that we are somewhere along the lines of um, episode three sixty seven. Oh, okay, good man. So we do appreciate Ryan being a sponsor, uh, and you can find uh, the Strickland Law Firm. Uh, on the internet as Strickland Law Firm LLC.com, or you can go to uh, find them at GA Justice. Uh, it's 844 GA Justice. I'm sorry, I gave the website wrong. Uh, 844 GA Justice or the Strickland Firm.com. We appreciate Ryan Strickland, his support all season. Good man. Um, so, um, first of all, I thought the uh, it's funny uh, they have not announced. I'm sure by the time people listen to this, they'll know the time of the Mississippi game. Uh, though we don't yet. Though I think it, the way things landed, it feels like it's got to be three thirty, right? Yeah, I think so. game day is definitely in Athens. Apparently, that slipped during the broadcast yesterday, but they have confirmed game day will be in Athens. I just I, I saw somebody say that they were they may CBS may go to. The Tennessee Missouri game. I just find it really hard. They're that that is what they would do with with a likely top ten, maybe top eight matchup. Uh, the possibility of Georgia sliding up to number one now that they have a quote unquote good win on their resume. Uh, it's just hard to imagine CBS doesn't pick that game. Yeah, I would think so. And game day is here, which we will be fun. Uh, um- and I do think this was already a game that people were very, very dialed up for, uh, Mississippi. Um, so I do think there was a little bit of the crowd was really good yesterday, but people are very dialed up for for Mississippi next week. I, I did think it was a really good vibe, and it was and and uh, and it was packed, and people were in pretty much from the get go. Uh, but I definitely also think that um, um, you know the uh, people are people are dialed up for Miss for Mississippi next week. It's, it's going to be a crazy thing. Yeah, I think the crowd. I, I noted on the way out that was a lot. That was the first time in a couple of years the entire crowd's been around at the end of the game. Yeah, um, and that was that was fun, right? It was fun to be in there and cheer the team loudly at the end of the game. Uh, I, I have to be honest. Uh, I think I sent you a text. Like, is is you know, is your wife now entertained? Enough? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The game's getting closer. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, I think it's safe to say that we've got. You know, we are. 
we are spoiled as Georgia fans, and I've been saying this for a while. Uh, we are spoiled as Georgia fans in that we haven't had games like this much in the past few years, at least until we got to the postseason. And um, I am, I remain very much in the place that I will take uh, what six more um, or whatever it is it takes to get to 15 wins. Um, I will take six more at 10 to nine. It was not good for my emotional health, but I'll take them. Uh, but overall, that was a fun football game yesterday. I, I, I found myself at times frustrated at gameplay, but I wasn't frustrated the way I was with the Auburn game, for example, where it was like, dude, what, what, what are we doing? We keep hitting ourselves in the face and will somebody just take the hammer away so we don't hit ourselves anymore. <laughs> that wasn't what yesterday was to me. Uh, I found yesterday a very entertaining day of football, uh, albeit one that was perhaps not as consequential as we've seen from other ones. It was a like it was a really fun game, a really fun day. Those the late night games were really fun, but they also kind of went the way that I think you might have suspected them to, and they didn't really change the uh, national championship picture that once, other than this maybe Oklahoma uh, a little bit if you want to look in that direction. But otherwise. Uh, I mean, I personally do not care if Georgia is one in the playoff rankings this week. I, I don't. I'm not like, oh well. Okay, now I believe that Georgia is good. <laughs> like, I, I don't. I don't really. Under, I don't. That doesn't. <clears throat> excuse me. Mean that much to me. But is there anything nationally other than, of course, the uh, John Paddock led uh, comeback victory for the Illini? Uh, absolutely crazy game at the end of that one. Anything uh, jump out at you from the from from national stuff? No, I think uh, you know. I think there is a, a very, very clear, um, and I'll, I'll get to the special case of Alabama LSU here in a minute. I think there's a very clear um, demarcation. We're getting a clearer demarcation between the the teams within the consideration for the college football playoff final four and those that are not. Um, you know, FSU took care of business, although they did struggle a little bit. Um, uh, you know, Michigan did not. Ohio State. Again, struggled uh, against Rutgers until they until they pulled away, um, and of course Georgia had the game they had against Missouri. Um, Washington was able to to pull away and beat um, uh, Southern Cal, um, and the, but you know the, the Oklahoma game uh, went it kind of like maybe what we thought a little bit, and then you know Texas was able to pull out a win, but in overtime. Um, so you know right now it looks like there's five or six teams. Uh, and then yeah, I think you have to start talking about Alabama. Uh, and I, I, I don't say that, um, I don't say that in a, because they're Alabama, I say that in they're starting to play football. Well, I mean, they're eight and one right now. Um, I, I think there is still a possibility. One of what I would not have said three weeks ago of an Alabama, essentially the situation like 2021, where uh, Georgia and Alabama go play in the SEC championship game, um, and um, Georgia potentially is 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 just playing for seed, and Alabama is playing to get in. Um, and I, I, I th- there 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 does exist a world where that is altogether a possibility because, like they they played a good game last night. Yeah, you know, they gave up a lot of points to LSU, but I think LSU has a pretty good offense. Um, so in uh, and, and uh, I I'm still with you if we're going to go do this and there's only one fitting way for the final like East versus West in my mind I think if you're old old head you you, you want to see like Alabama Florida or whatever but not me uh, Alabama Georgia 
in in the in the final like divisioned SEC championship game seems like a foregone conclusion. Um, but otherwise, nationally, uh, good win for the Illini, and um, I'm excited about uh, I'm excited about being in Vegas next week. I I do get to go see Georgia play basketball tomorrow. Um, yeah, against Oregon. Uh, if you're out there, say hey. I will. I'll be the loud one in red. Uh, but uh, overall, a kind of a fun day. It was good to get back and watch the end of that that LSU Alabama game too. Yeah, and I will be one. That is uh, uh, Georgia and uh, Oregon is a good game. It's one of the two really good games on the opening day of college basketball, and it's uh, it's four. I believe it's four fifteen or four thirty local. 115, 130 uh, Vegas. So uh, I'm excited. I'll be looking for you. I will, we'll do something crazy so we can make a gif out of you. Okay. No, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> but, but uh, well, have a safe trip. We're going to be taping Tuesday afternoon. Uh, if you are in the public school system of uh, Clark County, uh, your kids are not in school on Tuesday because it's election day, uh, the last calm election day for a while. Uh, so, um, so we'll be taping during the day and we'll, you'll be calling in. So, uh, so, but I'm sure Scott will make you sound as pretty as you always do. Well, I mean, he's very good at making me sound pretty. So I know uh, exactly, exactly. It's not uh, hard. You have a natural level of of, of 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 beauty in your voice, and so and we'll be able to hear it from from three time zones over. Um, all right. Well, we will be back. We'll be back Tuesday to record our pregame show of uh, of Ole Miss. But uh, game day is coming. It's the biggest game of the year left until the next one. <laughs> That's the way we are yeah. uh, moving forward. Which is, which is Georgia Tennessee. Probably a three thirty CBS game in Knox Vegas. Yes, yeah, probably. Probably getting lots of three thirties uh, moving forward. So, um, all right. Well, have a good one, uh, uh, Tony, and we'll have a safe flight to Vegas, and we'll talk. Uh, we'll preview on Tuesday. Until then, go dogs. Go dogs. And thanks so much for listening. Will and I will be recording our pregame show for the Georgia Ole Miss game on Tuesday afternoon, and we will patch Tony in live from Las Vegas, and he will certainly give us his thoughts on uh, the Georgia-Oregon basketball game that kicks off the college basketball season. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a Saturday unlike any we've witnessed in recent years, I guess you could say, because uh, two of the greatest tailgating traditions are coming together in Athens on Saturday. Hopefully it will be a 3.30 kickoff. Uh, That's my personal opinion. Uh, Game day will be here. It will be awesome. So uh, we look forward to seeing y'all on campus this coming Saturday. And as always, go dogs.